Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Practical Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Pond. Pronoun she, her. I am a Reiki practitioner of 10 years and a witch of four years. Please join me every other Saturday at 5 p.m. as I discuss topics for the modern witch. Whether you're still in the broom closet or anywhere in between, there's sure to be an episode just for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Practical Magic Podcast. For April 1st, 2023, the moon's phase is in wax and gibbous. Some ways to work with the wax and gibbous phase are releasing and meditation. For April 1st, 2023, the moon sign is in Leo. Leo rules over the heart, the blood, and the heart rate. Um, Surgeries are not recommended for this phase of the moon. Um, Before we get into this week's topic on the mother and father wound, I do have two things I'd like to share with uh, you all. First thing, it looks like I might be moving in the next month or so, so I am going to do my best to pre-record the episodes for May, uh, so once I move, there will be no hiccup, no missing it a week or anything, but I did want you to know that that will be happening, so if for any reason there is an episode missed, maybe I had to move sooner than expected, Uh, But I am going to do my best to pre-record all episodes up until the end of May. The second thing I'd like to share is uh, something that I could have sworn that I shared in last week's episode. But going back with uh, a friend of mine and we listened to last week's episode and it wasn't there. So maybe, I don't know, a brain fart or something and I thought I shared it. But what I want to share is that I've started seeing a new therapist. Um, I saw her two weeks ago. So when last the last episode came out, that was my first week seeing her. And it was an amazing session that we had. Uh, I've seen her twice. By the time you're listening to this, I have seen her twice. And I look forward to seeing her again. Amazing. The only downside I can think of is the fact that she can only see me every other week. I really wish I could see her every week. But uh, I was told that if there's any changes in the schedule, any availabilities, she'll let me know and then we can um, make necessary adjustments. But the main reason why I'm bringing this up is because uh, she told me that from the way I was presented in our session, it seemed as if I might have... Uh, bipolar 2. When it comes to bipolar, I think there's different, four different types of bipolar. Uh, I think there's four different, if I'm not mistaken. So she said I was presenting like somebody who has bipolar 2. And I, so we talked about that and what that looked like for me. And walking out of that first session with that bit of information, I really, my whole life has just started making sense. Um, Feeling like I have all this energy and I can accomplish anything, but by the same token, being paralyzed by all the energy and 
being like in this, uh, what she called a hypomanic, um, hypomanic state. And I, I can relate to that so much. Like I have all this energy and I want to do all this stuff, but then by the same token, I feel paralyzed and, uh, by it. So then I end up just doing nothing. And then I feel terrible, you know, about myself. And there are times where like, I feel like super, super euphoric and like everything around me feels super magical. And just, I'm just like, you know, this is why I'm a witch. Cause I can tap into everything. Um, I'm still, um, trying to figure out what is my mental health and what is actually because I'm a witch, you know, because I'm spiritual. Um, and I think there's, it, it bleeds over, it, it meshes in together for me at least. Um, and that is something that I do want to talk about more in the podcast. Um, so I just have all these, um, uh, signs, all these things coming up throughout my life that lead me to believe and my therapist that I have bipolar too. Um, when I saw her last, we talked some more about it. And she said, I told her that I've had therapists in the past who have told me that I'm most likely borderline personality. And through our second session, we were talking and we both, you know, she helped me get to the understanding that I just might be both. Um, fun fact, I looked it up online. If somebody has been diagnosed with epilepsy, they are 7% more likely to have bipolar. And then they are 6% more likely on top of the epilepsy and, uh, bipolar. They have, uh, borderline personality and then they have a 5% chance to also have ADHD. And I was telling her, I asked her, I said, you know, I love walking around with my headphones. Sometimes I don't even have the music or a podcast on. Sometimes I'm just walking around because I'm trying to muffle all this noise out of my head and sounds around me, cars, people talking, everything's just louder. And she's like, that's not a sign of bipolar or borderline personality, she said that might be, um, you know, something else. And we didn't really touch on that, but I did tell her last week when I saw her that, uh, I have an upcoming appointment May 16th with a psychiatrist to get an actual confirmed diagnosis. And, um, I've been in talks with the psychiatrist, you know, she knows that I'm open to the idea of medication, but of course, if we can come up with a routine for me or something, that, something that doesn't involve medication, I'm willing to try that as well. At this point, I'm just willing to try anything to try to add some consistency, um, to my mood. And I shared with my therapist that in the past, I've tried two different antidepressants and neither one have worked. And she said, that's a really good sign that most likely what I need is a mood stabilizer and not an antidepressant. People with uh, bipolar tend not to do good on uh, antidepressants alone. Now, sometimes you're put on a mood stabilizer, I was told, and you need an antidepressant with it. But for bipolar, mood stabilizers is like the ticket. That's what you need. 
um, to even your your moods out because that's what bipolar is. It's a mood uh, disorder. Um, so as I learn more, whether or not I do actually have this diagnosis or if it's something else, I do want to keep you all in the loop. So, um, you know, I might be trying multiple different medications for a while. And if any of you have ever been on a medication for any reason whatsoever throughout your life, you know, sometimes it can get tricky and you have to try multiple different medications before you and your the professional that is helping you find that perfect mixture of medication to help you. Uh, in the meantime, what I've been doing to cope with my mood and everything, and this has just been ever since I started smoking weed, I've been smoking pretty consistently sativas. Sativa strand of weed has been shown um, to be very beneficial for those with uh, bipolar. And for me, I can only speak for my personal experience. Sativa just shuts my brain up. All that chatter and racing thoughts and it even helps with like the euphoria and all of that. I don't get super euphoric on sativas like I do with uh, indicas. So none of what I said is like, take my word for it. I'm not a doctor by any means. I'm just sharing my personal experience. And I would love to continue as I learn more about my mental health. I would love to share it with you all so you know exactly what's going on in my life and why since the beginning of this podcast, there's been so much inconsistency. Um, I really want to keep this podcast going because I feel like it's a perfect journal uh, for my mental health. You know, when I'm in my hypomanic states or I'm in my bipolar depression stage, the podcast is a perfect way for me to go back and, and see, oh, this is where I was at this moment when this episode was released and Or even better, once I get stapled on medication, I can see, oh, ever since I started this medication, things have been really even keel. And then, you know, if I see a change in the episodes, you know, I'm talking really, really fast or drifting off in conversation, which I do all the time in real life. And I was told that if you do that, if you're talking to somebody and then you're talking like starts to drift off, like you're like your voice is like floating, like going away into the distance. That's a sign of bipolar. So, um, so yeah, like this podcast, not only talking about my practice of being a witch and advice and tips that I I share, but also it's just keeping a way of me keeping a journal of my mental health and where I am in that particular week. And it's a great way of, like I said, looking back and, possibly saying, you know, two weeks ago, like to my therapist, for example, saying two weeks ago, I recorded a podcast and I noticed a lot of my voice drifting or, you know, even mentioning it to my psychiatrist, you know, and then being like, oh, maybe we need to adjust your meds or whatever. So I really want to keep this podcast going. And I'm just sharing this so you know that, um, uh, you know, once I do start trying meds, there might be some inconsistency. I'm preparing myself that it's probably going to take a couple months to find a good, stable, as they say, cocktail. So that's all the updates I have for this week. Uh, But with that being said, 
let's get into this week's episode about the mother and father wound. So starting off with the mother wound, the mother wound can um, show up in multiple different ways. Some are, some of the ways the mother wound can show up are your mother was emotionally unavailable for you. Your mother was not um, attuned to your needs. Your mother was abusive in any way possible that you can think of, just abusive across the board. Uh, Your mother used guilt to control you. You would never go to your mother with any personal problems or issues like if you have a problem like let's say in school or something you wouldn't feel safe discussing uh issues with your mother I remember the first time I got raped uh I did not feel safe going to my mother and talking to her about this and to be honest even in that moment when I was raped I didn't know it was rape I knew it was wrong whatever what it happened but I didn't have that vocabulary I didn't know what rape if that makes sense which is sounds really silly because I was like 19 years old when that happened but nonetheless even though I knew I had been violated I didn't know that was the word for it uh thanks a lot to the you know Christian religion my vocabulary on words when it came to being wounded was very very small thank goodness over time I was able to acknowledge that and put a word to it and begin the healing process but that's just an example of a way that your mother wound might show up with you not feeling safe sharing information of things um, in your life whether it's good or bad moving on you never felt that you were enough for your mother that you always had to go up and beyond what was expected of you to prove to your mother that you were worthy of her love and attention and affection you thought you had to be perfect to please your mother um some other ways that this might show up your mother wounds if your mother was critical unappreciating Passive-aggressive, unavailable, codependent, controlling, and pessimistic. If If your mother had any of those traits, it might show up in you in the following. A loud inner child, a loud inner child critic. So your inner child inside of you is very loud and very critical of everything that you say and do and think and etc. Fear of judgment is another way it might show up. Lack of confidence, inability to understand or experience emotions. Weak boundaries is another way that a mother wound might show up in you rebellious choices now when we were all teenagers we know that we at some extent in our lives we had a rebellious stage uh but if it persists throughout that adolescence rebellious stage trying to find out who you truly are it could possibly be a sign of a mother wound 
Another way it might show up is self-sabotaging. So like, um, I don't know, like a way that might show up is like you get into like a really good friendship and everything's going wonderful. And then all of a sudden you're like, this is too good to be. I do this to myself all the time. I meet people and it's going really, really well and I'm really loving it. And then all of a sudden the voice in my head starts going off that inner dialogue that we all have and is like, this is really good right now, but when's the bottom going to fall out? It always does. You know, they probably don't want to be with you really. They're just trying to fill a void of empty time, you know, time and waiting for the people they truly want to be with to be available. That's a way that that wounded mother wound, that injured mother wound uh, can really appear. Now, I don't want to just leave you uh, with talking about what the mother wound is and how it shows up. I also want to go into a little bit um, how to start the process of healing that mother wound. And of course, I strongly encourage you to do your own research and find what works for you when it comes to healing, the mo- whether it's the mother wound or the father wound. So with that being said, let's get into some of the things to do to start the process of healing the mother wound. One of my favorite ways, and again, I've, I haven't really heard of anyone else doing this, but one of my favorite ways is uh, by healing, focusing at least right now on the mother womb, is finding a TV show or a movie that in, in the show or movie shows somebody dealing with the mother womb. Uh, I will briefly discuss this as well when we get to dealing with the father wound. Um, One of my personal favorites is the Yaya Sisterhood. Uh, It's a wonderful movie. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Um, It has Sandra Bullock in it. Of course, any good movie has Sandra Bullock in it. And if you haven't seen it, Spoiler alert, but I just want to give you like a rundown of what the movie is about. So if you're interested, you can check it out. Pretty much it's about Sandra Bullock. She was raised um, in a family with like four kids, I think. And she grows up to be a uh, stage writer. So for like Broadways and such. And uh, she's pretty much like just disowned her whole entire family. And as the movie progresses... Her mother's friends um, come and they take her back. I think it was it's Georgia or whatever, and they pretty much kind of kidnap her, kind of. But nothing, nothing vicious. She never gets hurt. It's it's so she can they so her mother's friends can tell her why her mother was the way she was, and of course, it, their explanation and explaining things is not making excuses for what the mother did but just so she can have some more insight on what was going on with her mother and why her mother was the way she was when Sandra Bullock and her her siblings were younger the movie shows back flashes to when Sandra Bullock was a child and growing up her mother was a horrendous alcoholic very abusive very prone to mood swings and abuse and neglect etc I guess trigger warning should have been mentioned before if, if any of those topics are 
sensitive topics for you, maybe this particular video wouldn't be the right one, but find one that suits you and that you can watch. The reason why I really like this movie, for me personally, is because I can really relate. I can sit there and be like, I've gone through that. I have been there. And it's a way for me to sit with my inner child and have my inner child come forward and acknowledge, talk to my inner child and acknowledge, yes, we've had very similar situations to this movie, but we are safe now. And kind of have a dialogue after you acknowledge that this situation happened and that, but now you are safe, have a conversation with your inner child and what the necessary next steps are. What does your inner child need to start healing? Uh, sorry if that was long-winded, but uh, hopefully you get the point. Uh, some other ways of healing the mother wound. Um, I would recommend meditation, massages, walking out in nature, talking with your inner child, just communicating and getting in touch with that child and being the adult, the support that that child needed when they were growing up, you know? I heard somewhere that the way you are right now in the moment is the adult that your inner child needed when they were growing up. And I think that is the most beautiful thing. And while you're in the, whether you're watching a movie and doing it that way, or you're out in nature and walking around, just get in touch with your inner child and ask, ask it, what do you need from me so we can heal, so I can help you heal? For me, part of healing my, my traumas is getting my mental health under control. For the longest time, I'm like, I'll take care of it. I don't need any medication. I don't need any help. But I have reached a point where I'm exhausted doing everything on my own. So I'm willing to accept any help I can get. And I am slowly but surely building a strong support system. Right now, yes, that support system includes my therapist and soon-to-be psychiatrist. And I do have uh, a few friends, but even there, because of my mother wounding, convinced that everybody's eventually just going to abandon me and really doesn't care for me, it's very hard for me to allow myself to get close to them. So that is something that I am working on. <clears throat> but some other ways to work with the uh, mother wound besides the whole movie thing uh, researching, like I encouraged at the beginning of the episode, researching uh, and getting educated on the uh, mother wound and how to, and this works on the father wound as well, doing as much research and learning as much as you can about the wound and uh, that will help you with the healing process. Setting boundaries. Boundaries are so important. And I'm saying that as somebody who is fully aware that I am <laughs> I am very poor at setting really good boundaries. Or I'll set boundaries and then um, I'm very easily swayed. And I am truly trying to work on that. Um, resist the urge to avoid uh, pain of the mother wound. So um, if you feel... 
uh, the urgency to like resist the pain and you're like, oh, that's uncomfortable. I don't want to sit in that. That's what you've got to do. You've got to push through the pain and sit in that mother wound to do the necessary work. I'm not saying you'll never heal if you don't do that, but it is a very crucial step to healing that wound. Identify new positive and empowering beliefs or patterns and then taking action on them. So once you realize what those um, empowering positive things are in your life, take action and put them into effect. Moving on to the father wound. So if you have trust issues, uh, not feeling, getting that feeling like you're not good enough, you know, you're not worthy of being alive or not worthy of being on this planet, feelings that I can definitely relate to. Uh, abandonment issues or abuse, these could all be signs you have a father wound. Now, the father... I'm jumping a little ahead here on my notes, but the father wound, uh, or the father in general, excuse me, they play, and when I say father in this incident, I am talking about biological father. So whether or not you grew up with your father, this is still um, important for you. So our connection with our father starts all the way back to when we are conceived, the moment the sperm and the egg meet. And what I mean by this is if your father, your biological father, was somebody that didn't take care of themselves, had a poor diet, poor self-image, um, you know, just poor um, habits, then that affects the quality of his sperm and then Therefore, when the egg, your mother's egg, met the fa- your father's sperm, um, it affected you. This is what we're talking about with like generational uh, trauma, generational, uh, you know, carrying that energy through generations. So whatever was inflicted on your father when he was a child is passed on down to you through his DNA and the sperm. And then his sperm meets your mother's egg and then you are created. So with that being said, if you uh, are very much like me and get landed with a shitty ass father that (laughs) um, didn't uh, take care of himself, um, you know, and therefore you got the short end of the stick, you know. So uh, some other ways that the father wound could be showing up are uh, lack of meaningful emotional connections and this could be in work relationships friends relationships or like significant others Um, value Um, I'm sorry I just lost my place there for a second Uh, If your father, I'm going to go over some ways that if if your father showed up in um, a certain way, certain ways that it might appear in your life now. So, 
if your father was um, a, was not approving, like didn't approve what you said or did, you never seemed to be able to um, meet his high expectations, then it might show up as people-pleasing. Uh, not affectionate, seeking affection. So whatever... However your father showed up in a negative way, it's most likely showing up in you the opposite. So um, moving on to other uh, ways it could show up, Um, not emotional, apathy plus distance. So you're like apathetic. You just could care one, you could just pretty much care less about anything and possibly even feeling best when you distance yourself from others if your father was not present um then you may feel codependent uh if your father was really aggressive like abusive um you could just be filled with fear when around men uh or anyone that presents as a father figure Now, some ways to go about healing that father wound. Uh, Just like the mother wound, of course, doing as much research and um, studying on how to best heal that wound for you. What might work for you for healing the father wound might not work for me. But some ways to start the ball of the healing process reversing so for example when i say reversing reversing what has been said to you is a great way to go about that uh for example my father would always tell me that i was worthless and no one would ever love me and just all these things that i know in my heart of hearts is wrong so what i have started doing is reversing it when that voice that internal monologue um, goes off in my head and is saying all those negative things that were instilled in me as a young child, I flip it on its head. So if that inner voice, for example, says, uh, you are worthless, you're not worth anyone's time, no one really loves you, I flip it on its head and say, I am worthy, I do deserve people's time. I do deserve to be on this planet. And I have found that that has really helped. Now, I'm not saying that I'm perfectly healed, my father wound, but it is definitely helping that process. Um, So saying things like, I am enough. Um, I do not have a reason to feel guilty or shameful of things that I... Um, have said or done that one's a really big for, big one for me because especially as a kid I was really talkative and like many kids that don't have filters I just said whatever was on the top of my mind whatever I wanted to say and you know kids say the darndest things but sometimes they're speaking truth and so of course sometimes I would say things that my parents didn't want me to say to people And so they'd be like, oh, she's just exaggerating or she just always says random stuff. And then I would feel shame because I was speaking my truth. 
So looking back on that and saying I was not wrong, you know, uh, there was no reason to be ashamed of that. Now, also like the mother wound where I recommended possibly picking a movie that has the mother wound in it, one of my, um, I'm sure there's movies out there that I do enjoy with the uh, father wound, but I just can't think of any at this particular moment. But I do have a TV show that I really like, and I've mentioned it before on this podcast. It's The Umbrella Academy, and you can find it on Netflix. This show, if you haven't seen it, I really recommend you checking it out. It's pretty much about this eccentric billionaire who uh, adopts seven children, um, and all seven of them end up having magical powers. Um, One of them... The youngest, or I think she's the youngest, or I think they're the youngest, I'm pretty sure. But um, they have the ability of, uh, like, their powers. I forget, it's been, a, it's been a while since I've watched it. But, like, they can control, like, noise and, like, uh, the sound barrier. Like, they can control that. And in the show, the father is afraid of, of this child, of this particular child that he adopted, and so he makes them feel inferior. Let's them tells them that um, they have no powers. They're not smart. They're not special like the other siblings. And so this particular child grows up uh, feeling like they're inferior, and there's no point for them to exist etc and as the show progresses they find out that they do have powers and that they are special and even if I just want to put it out there even if this character did not have any special powers like the rest of their siblings they would still be special your powers do not make you special just putting it out there I didn't want to make it sound like that's the only reason why they're special um So I really enjoy the Umbrella Academy for that because, again, I can empathize with situations that are going on in the show and seeing how um, in certain situations in my own life, how I was wounded by my father, um, you know, telling me that um, I'm crazy and... um, you know, just all these things. When really, I just wanted love and affection from my father. Now, some other ways to go about healing the father wound are shadow work, which I think that's exactly what I'm talking about with these movies and TV shows. It's a form of shadow work. Now, if you want to do just journaling shadow work or whatever. I do I do have it planned of doing um an updated episode on shadow work. I know I have one. I think it's from back in season 1, but I do want to do an updated version. I want to talk about how to go about shadow work um if you're brand new to it. Um another way to go about it and um if I did not just mention I do want to say that shadow work is great for the mother wound as well. Another way, which also is very good for also the mother wound, 
is time traveling. And I'm not talking about, you know, getting in, you know, like a ship and like traveling. I'm not talking about anything like that. I'm talking about picking a a time in your life that is significant to you and closing your eyes if you feel so necessary and going back into that time and witnessing how your inner child experienced that situation. And while you're doing that, let your inner child know that you are there. You are there to support them. And if they need a helping hand or if they need guidance and support, you are there to give them that helping hand that was not lend to you when you needed it the most. Some other ways to go about healing the father wound. Um, if you have like a lackness of close friends, um, you know, very much like the mother wound, that one showed up there too. This could be a way, um, this could be a way coming out, letting you know that you have father wound issues. A way of going about that is putting yourself out of your comfort zone. So your comfort zone is pushing people away, not letting them get close. Make, do things like join groups, do situations that will make you have to meet new people and push yourself out of your comfort zone. And the more you do that, the more you put yourself in situations that you feel uncomfortable, obviously you want to be safe. I'm not saying put yourself in a dangerous situation, but like, for example, if you've ever heard of the um, website meetup, it's a website filled with just groups, whether they're via zoom or in person, there are groups for everyone, book club, poetry, Um, There's even, I found a Star Wars group on there. Um, There are hiking groups. There are cooking groups. There are just, I found a couple uh, witchy groups that get together via Zoom. So you can find groups of interest that you have. And that way you can put yourself out of your comfort zone and meet friends. And that is a way of healing that father wound. Now, Another way that a father wound might show up is um, issues with money. If you feel like you don't deserve to have money, um, you're not worthy of having any form of wealth or being able to pay your bills, or if you're careless with your money and you, let's say, blow it all on gambling, that's another way of a father wound showing up. So a way of reversing that is saying to yourself, I do deserve to have money. I do deserve to have all my bills paid on time. And not just saying that, but also putting the effort in and paying attention. You know, you're like, okay, I'm paid this week. And make sure that your cell phone and your internet are paid. And then next time you get paid, you know, make sure you pay your car bill etc. And then whatever money is left over, then give that to yourself to, you know, do whatever it is that you like to do with your money. But that's a way of reversing that father wound with, uh, with wealth, with money. Um, if you have the mindset that all men 
aren't shit and they're worthless and they're all out to hurt us and get us. Regardless whether you're somebody um, who is attracted sexually to uh, men, you know, those who I uh, um, show up physically as men. I know for me, this is, this is a big wound. Um, when I see somebody who presents masculine, presents male, um, my brain automatically switches and is like, danger, danger, men are all danger. And it's really weird being somebody who is sexually attracted to men, um, it's, it's, I, I refer to like Stockholm syndrome, like, like Belle, like she fell in love with the beast, but yet he was her captive. And that's how I feel in a relationship. Um, and I want to break that because I know not all, uh, male presenting people are, are bad and are negative, you know, we're all wounded children within and we're all trying to be the best that we can be. So another way of going about if your father wound is presenting in that way, obviously make sure you're in a safe situation. You're not trying to do this with somebody who has a reputation of being dangerous and who has hurt you in the past. So I'll give you an example. I have had a friend for a while he is a guy and I'd say pretty much from the beginning when I when I met him that trigger went off just because he's a really big guy really tall he's like 6'4 when I first met him my brain just went danger danger don't don't interact don't talk over time um we were neighbors for a bit we were pretty close proximity to one another. And over time, you know, we'd run into each other at the laundry room where we lived or wherever. And we slowly got to know each other. And over time, we built somewhat of a friendship. And it got to a point where he felt comfortable enough to ask me if I would help him out on some nights when he was at work, if I could look after his dog. And that was another way of me realizing that this is a person with genuine intention. There was nothing nefarious about what he was trying to do. He just wanted to get to know me as a person and he knew I walked dogs sometimes. And so he was like, hey, could you help me out? And that gave us another opportunity to get to actually know each other. And then when I moved this past summer, he helped me move and we've kind of hung out a couple times ever since I moved and um, these last few months, you know, we've both been busy and things have been hectic, so we haven't seen each other. But my whole point is, so pretty much I've known him for about 13 years. So it took me a good chunk of time of that until I started to feel really comfortable. But if I never pushed myself out of my comfort zone, if I didn't... um, you know, and I ignored that warning signal because he never directly gave me any reason to be concerned, to be worried. Um, and so I was like, well, my this inner voice is telling me stay away, but 
he's showing me that he's harmless. So I'm going to give him a chance and really see what he's all about. And I'm really glad that I did because he's a really sweet guy. And now I have a, a wonderful friendship. And like I said, I am not completely healed, neither mother or father. But I can see that I have taken the necessary steps to start that process. And I feel better about myself. And I'm easy, it's easier now for me to shut that negative self-talk when uh, my father wound starts showing up in, you know, uh, toxic, unbeneficial ways, you know? And so I hope you all have found this episode beneficial and helpful. But with that being said, I think that's where I'm going to end this week's episode. Hello, everyone. I want to thank you for spending this time with me, along with all the reviews and comments that have been left. It means the world to me and truly helps the podcast out. If you'd like to keep up with the podcast, you can do so by checking out my TikTok, which is linked in the description of this week's episode. If you would like to join me in keeping the conversation going, you can do so by checking out the podcast over on Spotify, where each week there will be a question attached to the podcast and you can leave your comment. I look forward to hear what you all have to say.